0: Welcome to WSD Voice, a podcast focused on positive and informative news in Waterford School District. We have a great program lined up for you today. I am your host, Sarah Davis, the Director of Communications and Community Relations, and I am here with Waterford School District Superintendent Scott Lindbergh, who is making a return appearance as co-host. Scott said he had such a fun time in our first episode that he asked to participate again, so welcome back, Scott.
1: Hi, Sarah. Yes, I really enjoyed being on WSD Voice, and I found it was a great way to engage with parents and students, and so I'm going to try to make myself available to be on all of the episodes whenever possible.
0: Awesome. I'm happy to hear that. This really is a more the merrier type of scenario, where the more people we can get engaged in learning about the positive news of Waterford School District, the better. And before we dive into our episode topics, I'd like to take a minute to let our audience know that our podcast has been syndicated on two radio stations. Shout out to 89.5 WAHS Avondale Community Radio and Radio Central Multicultural for helping us promote the good news of Waterford School District. I just love partnering with our community organizations because a strong community connection is truly the backbone for a successful school district, and we're blessed to have that here in Waterford.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Sarah, and, and, you know, I kind of think of this uh, saying, as go the schools, so goes the community, and so these strong, purposeful partnerships are so critically important because uh, all of us working together uh, build and make a stronger community, and I always like to think about together we can, anything is possible.
0: So we're in the month of March now, and I'm sure you're aware that there's a lot of school-related national celebrations that are recognized in March. Uh, For example, did you know March is also Food Nutrition Month? And more specifically, March 7th through 14th is National School Breakfast Week.
1: Yes, and March is also Music in Our Schools Month and Theater in Our Schools Month, which are topics that we will be focusing on later in this episode. Waterford School District has a deep commitment to all of our art-related programs, and I'm excited to highlight those in this episode.
0: Me too, but first let's start with our food service portion of our program. I'd like to welcome today Michael Williams, Director of, food of Waterford School District's Food Service Department. Tina Rampa, assistant cook for Pierce Middle School, and Kristen Woods-Helms, principal at Durant High School, to talk about the integral role food service plays in our school district. Thank you to all of you for being here. Michael, we'll begin with you. Can you first give us a brief overview of the food service program we have here at Waterford School District?
2: Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show today. Um, Just a brief overview of what we do as the food service department in the district um first and foremost we make sure that all the students in our um, district are fed right nutrition nutritional meals um breakfast and lunch um and we as, as and i'm speaking for myself and uh, my staff we have fun doing it um we love coming to work every day um everything that we do is key and pivotal to uh, making sure that our students start off with a great day and are ready to learn and um during lunch we make sure that we they're provided a nutritional meal to continue that, uh, that wanting and that, um, that thirst for learning. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the, the students um, are glad to come in for breakfast and lunch every morning. And um, we, we serve a lot of students um, every day. Um, on a daily basis, <clears throat> we serve close to 6,000 meals um, on a weekly basis, that gives it up when we serve about thirty thousand meals, and on average monthly, we serve about one hundred and thirty thousand meals a day. I mean, I'm a, a Sorry.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina, can you talk a little bit about what a day in the life of a lunch lady looks like?
3: Certainly. First of all, thank you for having me on the show as well. Um, the day in the life of a lunch lady. Um, my day starts at 6.15 in the morning. Um, I come in, we review the menu in the morning to discuss what's on the menu. Um, I start prepping for breakfast in the morning, get breakfast cooked and handled and I'm ready to go for when other girls come in to serve it. Um, check the menu, start prepping for the, the, the next day's menu. So, cause we're always a day ahead. So um, I look and see what's on the menu for, if it's Monday, for Tuesday, pull everything out of the freezer, start getting that ready to go. Um, And then I'm watching the clock constantly, watching the clock because at about 8.30, 8.45, I've got to start cooking. So I'm getting things um, cooking and and rolling so that my girls can start wrapping cheeseburgers and chicken patties and whatever else the main menu might um, have as well as the uh, main entree. serving, um, helping serve the food, getting that prepared, and we cook in batches. So like I'll get the first part of the day ready to go for the first lunch line. And then after that's over with, put more food in the oven. So I'm cooking more for the next line. So everything's always fresh. And uh, then preparing, um, getting the breakfast ready for the next day as well. So when I come in in the morning, all I got to do is pull it out of the refrigerator and get, get it going. Um, you know, production records, counting food at the end of the day, seeing how much we prepared, how much we use, trying to eliminate as much waste as possible. So I don't like throwing food away. So, um, you know, in, uh, record keeping at the end of the day. So lots and lots of record keeping.
0: Right. Which may, might be a part of a job that most people might not think about when they think, you know, like that, that's yeah, something there, else There's they a lot of stuff
3: do. in the, um, in the back of the office that people don't think about doing, such as, um, ordering um, and with the food shortages that we've had throughout the pandemic. So we're always looking ahead on the menu, what's next week, so, so that, uh, so we can order, we're always trying to keep our order a week ahead. So like my food that was coming in this week was for next week and the following week, because sometimes, oh, the chicken nuggets didn't come in, so now I can order them again and hopefully have them by the time chicken nuggets are on the menu again. So there's that, um, and there's uh, keep, the keeping track of the ordering. And, um, also just kind of paying attention to what the kids like. So it's like, sometimes i will be like, you know, I'll see something pop up on the menu and I'm like, they really don't like that. Or they don't care for it as much of some kids that might like it. So then we try to add something else in there. So they have lots of options. So, you know, cause you always want to make sure that they have, there's something that, you know, Johnny's going to like, if, if they don't like this, they might like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is your favorite part of the job? Uh, the kids.
3: <laughs> Over, I've been a lunch lady for twenty-two years, so I've seen them come and go, and I, I like to, I let them call me by my first name. I like to call them by their first name. I like to get to know them. They come in in sixth grade. I get them sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. So by the time they're in eighth grade. You know, I, I really like, I'll see them come in. Hey, what's going on? They'll be like, Hey, Tina, how's it going? You know, this and that. Now I see some of my kids after 22 years out in the real world as adults. And I ran into one not too long ago at the hospital that was a nurse. And he recognized me. He said, you used to be my lunch lady. And um, I see them out uh, in restaurants as, as waitresses or, you know, waiters or I see them all over the place and they remember me and you know they grow up they were in sixth and seventh and eighth grade when I seen them now they're adults they don't look the same as they did back then so um, they'll give me their name and I'll remember their name sometimes their faces still look the same but um, it's cool to see them become productive adults in the world you know so um, I do love the kids though
0: yeah absolutely and Kristen from the building level perspective What have you witnessed in terms of, you know, that relationship that Tina is touching on right now, uh, talking, you know, between lunch staff and students?
4: Before I get to your question, Sarah, I would like to, like Michael and Tina, thank you for having me on the show today. Um, Prior to addressing that, I think it's important to lift up Uh, what Durant is all about because our unique culture is kind of what drives the relationship between uh, food service staff and our students and staff as well. Uh, We are the third high school in Waterford. We offer an identical curriculum to that 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 is offered at both Kettering and Mott with a couple of unique electives thrown in there. Right now we have a population of about 134 students. Um, Our students come in having to have at least two years of high school and ranging in age from 15 to 19 years old. Our school runs on terms and we have four 10 week terms in the calendar uh, year. So relationship is very key because we're such a small community. So when you think about the relationship between the food service staff and um, teachers it's almost synonymous because they see food service staff every day. Um, They're coming in for breakfast, they're coming in for lunch. Uh, We want our food service team to be a part of our culture so they have participated in trainings. When we have staff celebrations, if their schedules permit, they are always included. We communicate if there are any um, issues in terms of students having concerns about food. I wanna give a huge shout out to Mr. Williams who visits classrooms. Um, who takes the voices of our students seriously. And um, it's very important that that happens because our students are some who have either fallen behind in credits or prefer a smaller setting. So in big schools, they didn't necessarily have their voices heard, but that's something that they really respect and value. Something as simple as getting a different type of sauce for a taco, it it changes the game. So I appreciate him for doing that. So we really, really um, impress upon our students and staff, the importance of mutual respect and i think the food service and our students would say that they feel that they each are a part of our family and that um, we have a unique bond here at durant in that regard
0: awesome thanks for that perspective Kristen. welcome michael i know things have gotten a little more difficult in the food service industry during covid what are some of the challenges your department is facing
2: so right now uh, as far as challenges are concerned we're dealing with uh as as, uh, along with everyone um, that's in the food service uh, department and uh, business, we're dealing with shortages um, and we're dealing with uh, staff shortages as well. So start shortages with uh, the food, um, as far as uh, productivity is concerned, because like everyone is dealing with, um, we we, we just can't seem to get the food in when we need it, right? So we have to be two or three weeks ahead of the game to make sure that we have the initial product we need to make sure that our menu is complete with all the components that are in addition to it. So what we do, um, my team um, from our lunch ladies all, up, all the way up to myself and my, uh, my office team, my secretary and my um, assistant, we are um, going through asking all of our vendors to um, make sure that we have things that are ready to be ordered. Um, we're ordering ahead of time and when things aren't able to be ordered, uh, we, we try to sub, substitute um, things as they come in. So it's a, it's a daily process, it's an hourly process, and sometimes it's right down to the minute as far as the, the food product.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I know today we were getting some video footage and uh, it was quite busy in there, we heard. Um, despite all of these challenges, you are continuing to persevere and provide food for our students. Why is it so important for students to have food available to them? during the, cur- the course of the school day?
2: Well, I touched on it a little bit in my opening uh, comments, but it, it's, it's just so pivotal to make sure that the children um, have something nutritious to eat in the morning to start their day, um, right? So it kickstarts the brain, it kickstarts um, really the, the body to make sure that you have that energy. Um, and when the kids come in, they're ready to learn, they're upbeat, um, their brain's working. So it, it's kind of like an engine or a car um, when you put gas into it, right, and that food is the gas to make the body go, to make the brain kind of start turning that engine to be um, to have all that energy to start that that learning process. And the same thing um, that happens with lunch, right? So we all have that certain middle day crash, and with that lunch being provided again with the nutrients that they need to continue to learn, um, it's pivotal for them to have that. So while they're in the classrooms, they're still. Um, Uh, Attendant, and it's pivotal that they have that to continue to learn on a regular basis so.
0: All right and Kristen what do you think about what Michael is saying in regard to the importance of food for our students?
4: I totally agree and when I think about Durant specifically our students have so many different challenges outside of the classroom that they're worried about. They're worried about contributing financially to their households. Some of them are parents themselves. Some of them have responsibilities that are greater than you can imagine. So for people who may say, oh, I really would like to not have, you know, this type of item every day on the menu, some kids bank on that this is the only food that they have. So a lot of times when there are snow days, when there are days that are out of school, when we have to pivot to you know, online learning, I often wonder about how my students eat because some of them, they count on that. So much so that um, we brainstormed with uh, Michael and his team to talk about for students who have issues with transportation in the morning, getting here, what can we do? And we offered um, an alternate lunch from the hot lunch so the kids are still able to eat even if they're getting here later in the day and so like he said it's very important for them to be able to have one less thing to worry about for them to think like instead of stopping by and having to worry about getting snacks or something unhealthy you can get something nutritious here Um, if students don't want items in their lunch we encourage them uh, we have a table in the back that's set up where this is for extras or things you don't want and initially that table was filled with (coughs) things because i think kids didn't have the courage to go there but now if you go back and see is empty other than a apple that might have been bruised. So I, I think it's very, very important for our students to continue to get the nutrition that they need. And I think that we don't give credit enough to that team for what it is that they do, because they may just be thinking they're coming in and working a shift. But for some of these kids, this is all the food that they may get this balance throughout their day, weeks and on the weekend as well, when they take it home. So thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Michael, can you talk about some exciting things that your department has on the horizon?
2: Yes, but uh, first I wanted to double back on what Kristen mentioned, and it, it's just so pivotal. And uh, I love the saying "It takes a village" because I believe that in the district we're we're all a family, a working family, and we our main uh, objective is to make sure that our students leave here with the best experience, whether that's at, uh, on an educational level, uh, with us dealing with food service. That's you know just a nutritional level, it, we all have intricate parts in this to make sure that our students thrive. Um, and you know, we, we are called upon to make decisions and come up with plans to, to make sure that we live out that mission. Um, one of the things that we, um, we do do as far as when we are called to pivot and go into um, learning uh, virtually is we offer a drive up service so that our kids are, do not miss any meals uh, on account of not being able to come into schools, and that and that's been one of one of the great programs we've um, integrated into our meal service that is thriving. Because, like uh, Kristen said and mentioned, some of these some of our students, the only time they're able to eat is when they're at school, right? So we didn't want to break that that um, that pattern up, and we'll continue to do so as, as we're needed. Um, but as far as what we're looking to integrate as far as new ideas or continue um, in, within food services. We're looking to add um, a lot more um, fruit, fresh fruit and vegetables in, in our salad bars. Once things start to open up as far as the restrictions on COVID, we're looking to really get back into having fresh fruit and salad bars, um, starting with our, our secondaries, our high schools and our middle schools and trickling down to our elementaries. Um, we're looking into um, me, I visit the schools on a daily basis but what I'm looking to do is to bring uh, more fun and more education as far as um, food service is concerned so we're looking into um, purchasing a mobile kitchen to go uh, throughout the schools and um, teach kids on uh, and, and inform them on a um, more, uh, more healthy way of eating and having fun with it right? and just educating them on the importance of eating healthy and staying healthy so those are things that we're looking down later in the pipeline that we're looking and we're excited to bring to the district.
0: All right, and what are some other items you've implemented uh, to help our student and parent population become more engaged with food service?
2: Uh, I would like to say number one is our uh, interactive menu we have posted on the, the school website. Um, that That's really the direct uh, pipeline, pipeline that the parents can actually check and make sure that one, um, they know what their kids are eating on a daily basis, and it holds us accountable because it, it shows what we're serving, and uh, you know, and it, there's no uh, drop off in communication, right? So um, the reason I love it so much is because it's interactive. The parents can click on the on the link, and it shows the menu for the whole month, and you know, just by hovering over menu items in a day, the week, or the month, it's, it breaks everything down to into the carb counts, the fat content, sugar content, all the information that the parents need, just in case they have a student or a child with a special diet, it gives them all the information just in case um, our, their kid needs to take some type of insulin or you know anything um, connected to their health, we have all that information on the website for them.
0: That menu sounds super helpful. I'll have to check it It out, yeah. Uh, Where can our audience find that menu as well as any other information about food service?
2: Um, So the menu is on um, the Waterford School District website, Um, and you can scroll down at the bottom of that page and click on on the food and nutrition um, tab, and as soon as you click on that, you pick the school that your student goes to, Um, and once you... I think that's like three clicks once you do that um, you'll be able to follow through and the the interactive menu will pop up and um, all you have to do is just pick a day a week or a month and all the information nutritional information will be there for you
0: all right awesome thanks for each of you for being on the show uh, Scott any food for thought about WSD's food service department
1: yeah coming to mind the thinking about You know, we think about the three R's, relationships, relevance, and rigor. uh, rigor. And so what we've heard today, and Tina was talking about, having relationships with our kids and making sure that they have uh, the needed nutrition. Uh, to be successful throughout the day. And it, it takes me back to uh, some experiences I had in elementary. I was one of those kids that received a, a, a reduced lunch. I think it was a dime back then. And I had a relationship with those, those ladies. In fact, the custodian, I came to find out, would pay extra money so I could have extra ravioli. That was the best meal I had in that day. But I had a relationship uh, with the lunch ladies, and that food that I had was so important, and I know it's so important to our students. Uh, Kristen talked about that over at Durant. So we want to close the gap and help our kids, our students, be successful, and nutrition is a key way about that, and I'm so pleased we're doing breakfast because breakfast sets the day off, and, uh, you know, some might say, well, they should eat eat breakfast at home. Well, should have, would have, could have. We know that kids need to have that nutrition. Maybe they've been on the bus, maybe they had something at 6.30 in the morning, but come 7.30, 8 o'clock, they're ready, ready to have something again. So set the day off uh, where they're gonna be most successful and focused on, on their learning.
0: Yep, absolutely, Scott. Thank you again to Michael, Tina, and Kristen for being on the show. Kristen, your insight into the importance of having your students connect with food service staff I think is very innovative. And Michael and Tina, you provide our students with nutritious food, which is such an important piece of the academic success and engagement puzzle. And we thank you for all that you do. What a great conversation with our food service staff, Scott. I really think that's a sector of any school district that students and families frequently interact with, yet rarely understand how they operate. So I'm glad we were able to get them on the show.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, Sarah. And uh, so who do we have next on our WSD voice?
0: So next we're going to feature some of our students and staff from our music and theater programs. When I was starting to put this uh, show together, I soon realized what an animal this was because there is quite simply a lot of talent in the arts here at at Waterford School District. So I fully acknowledge that this episode is only a small peek into the inside of some of the art art programming we have here at Waterford but uh, we have to start somewhere, and I promise to include more guests in programs on later episodes.
1: <laughs> oh, Absolutely, Sarah. WSD has a longstanding history of uh, providing amazing art opportunities to students, and we continue to make it a priority. So let's get started. For this discussion, I'd like to welcome Jason Pratt, the theater uh, teacher and performing arts center coordinator at Kettering High School. Corey Holahan, a 14-year music teacher who currently works in three of our elementaries, Schoolcraft, Riverside, and Grayson, plus assists with the Mott High School marching band. And we have two of our students with us today, Jalen Thompson, a sophomore studying music at Kettering, and Bella Ziegler, a senior at Mott studying theater.
0: Awesome. Quite the lineup of guests. Welcome to the show, everyone. And before we begin, real quick, Scott, were you ever involved in music or theater?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, a little bit on both. Uh, back in elementary and middle school, I uh, played the cornet, and uh, so that, those were some good times. Also, I've been involved in uh, my church choir in the past when I had a little bit more time. And uh, karaoke, does karaoke count? Maybe <laughs> I, not. I don't think so. Maybe not. <laughs>
0: um, and I took piano lessons uh, when I was a young girl. I still remember the day when my parents had saved up for a piano and rolled it into our living room. It was a really big deal to get that Um, Ultimately I didn't continue with the piano, which may be a life regret, but um, I did in high school I did some clarinet uh, music as well in the concert band. We will first start with Jason Pratt, who just told me the other day that he has been elected to serve as the chapter director for the Michigan Educational Theater Association. So congrats to you Jason. I know you've done a lot of advocacy work for theater in the state. Can you talk a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I've done uh, quite a bit of of advocacy in terms of theater education around the state, and I I teach workshops. I teach other educators how to advocate for their students and their programs, and I teach uh, a lot of different things. I've I've testified on uh, committees in the uh, Michigan State House of Representatives, and uh, I've reached out and worked with the governor's office on a few occasions to have her proclaim uh, March both Theater in Our Schools Month and Music in Our Schools Month in the state of Michigan, which has been pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that is. So why is it so important to establish these month recognitions?
5: Well, I think it's important for um, them to be recognized um, on a higher level because it keeps the topics of arts and arts and education important and relevant to our communities and the public.
0: Absolutely. So now let's talk a little bit about the successes of our music and theater programs here at home at Waterford. Um, can you name a few highlights stemming from those programs?
5: Sure. Well, I, uh, I was just actually talking to you about this the other day. We've had several of our students fairly recently um, competing at the state solo ensemble uh, events where um, numerous students earned uh, the highest rating, superior or division one ratings and numerous also earned the the second highest rating um, of excellent or division twos they did a fantastic job we're really proud of them for that um, we've had some students have really good successes this year you're going to meet a couple of them later and i'll let them talk about those successes uh, we've seen the uh, re imagining of and return of live performances happening at all of the the Waterford School District schools, which is really great to see. Um, Waterford-Kettering specific, something I'm proud of as the director there. Um, The musical, The Sound of Music, was nominated uh, for Best High School Musical in the state of Michigan at the Sutton Foster Ovation Awards. And two of my actors, Naomi Black, uh, was nominated for Best Actress in a Musical. And Holden Savaka was nominated for Best Actor in a Musical for their roles in The Sound of Music.
0: And I see Bella clapping as she hears that news. (laughs) Uh, Those accomplishments are amazing and such a testament to the programs offered at Waterford School District. From a teacher's point of view, why would you recommend Arts for Students?
5: Yeah, and arts education and arts in um, our schools is really important to kind of envision that well-rounded student um, aspect of education. Um, when you think about what arts education does, it's very closely linked to everything we as a, as a nation ask of our children and the, the schools that they attend. Um, it has um shown that the involvement of the arts, uh, is associated with an increase in, uh, reading comprehension and cognitive ability and critical thinking and verbalization skills. Um, there've been studies done that show that they also improve student motivation, makes them want to be in school and makes them want to be a, an active member of their community. Uh, it helps their concentration. It helps, uh, confidence. And I've seen that on several occasions personally in the, um, in the arts program we have in Waterford. Um, and it just, it's, it's really great to see arts education able to provide students with a foundation of social bonding and community cohesion and engagement that is really difficult to get in many other places.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of well-rounded student, we're gonna talk to Bella now. Uh, Like Scott mentioned before, Bella is a theater student at Mott High School who recently played the role of Rona Lisa Peretti in Mott's fall production of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Bella, thanks again for being on the show. We love having our students on. Can you talk a bit about how you got started in theater?
6: Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, so I started performing in fifth grade. Uh, My elementary school put on a Christmas Carol and I played the ghost of Christmas present. Um, I was really shy and awkward as a kid, so this was um, a really big jump for me, but my parents and family can attest that it like threw me out of my shell and they saw like a spark light within me and um, that it just you could see that I got hooked and um, they they knew this was something I was gonna do for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, what is it that you love about performing?
6: I just love the energy that it gives me. Um, I grew up around music um, and I was exposed to theater at a very young age. Um, I would always go see the middle school productions, so I always knew that this was something I was really interested in. Um, But I just, I love the the feeling it gives me. Um, I love going up on stage and being able to pour my heart out into a song or a monologue or something. It just, it gives me this like rush that nothing else can give me.
0: That's awesome. And you mentioned to me earlier that you have received a very prestigious scholarship for your, your work in theater. Can you tell us about that?
6: Yeah. So recently I just went to the Michigan Thespian Festival back in December and I received the Michigan Thespian Scholarship, um, which was huge and insane. I was not expecting um, to receive the award, but um, one of I was one of ten students in the entire state who received it, which was crazy. Um, that I of a million like different thespians, not well like thousands of thespians, um, I got that above everyone else. It was just so surreal. Um, it just shows. Um, how much passion and, um, work all these kids have put into their craft. Um, and I'm forever grateful for the experiences that I've received at that that festival in particular. It just, it was so surreal. It was so amazing to be able to receive that.
0: Thanks, Bella. I'm really, really happy for you. That sounds like an amazing opportunity and good for you. Now, let's talk about music a little bit. Up next on the program, we have Corey, who is in charge of the instrument closet for all students in the district. Now, what is the instrument closet, you may ask? I had the same reaction when someone first mentioned it to me, but as soon as I learned what it was, I knew it was something we needed to talk about on this episode. So, Corey, can you tell us what the instrument closet is? Yes, thanks for having me. Uh,
7: The instrument closet is an actual closet full of instruments we have available to lend out to students to use while they are in band or orchestra in Waterford. We currently have about 15 instruments in the closet ready to lend out. We have lots of beginning band instruments, so that's flute, clarinet, trumpet, trombone, and we have a few violins. These instruments are available for any Waterford School District student who cannot afford to get their own instrument once an instrument is leased out to a student, it is theirs to use until they graduate or stop participating in school band or orchestra or if they move out of Waterford. If anyone would like help getting an instrument for their child, all they need to do is ask a music teacher at their school and the music teacher will connect me, contact me to connect you with an instrument.
0: Okay, and why is it important to have a closet like
7: this? Yeah, we believe all students should have access to participate in school band or orchestra if they want to. Sometimes the hardest part is the cost of getting the instrument. This instrument closet provides one more way for families to get an instrument for their child. We really wanna make sure our current fifth graders know about this option. Sixth grade is when we begin band and orchestra in school and we wanna help them set them up for success so they can hopefully be members of our high school ensembles in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, allowing access to music for all students, so important. How can the community help out with the instrument closet?
7: A local music store, McCourt's Music, is already helping by providing repairs for a small cost. This helps gets the, get the instruments in the best condition before we lend them out to students. If anyone is listening and has an old instrument in a closet at home or in the attic gathering dust you can donate it to the instrument closet and it will provide more waterford students with the chance to participate in band or orchestra again you can contact any music teacher in the district and they will make sure that i get the instrument for the closet
0: all right thank you for overseeing such a wonderful asset in our district corey continuing on with our music discussion Let's talk to Jalen. Jalen, I became aware of you when your teacher sent me some of the music you had been creating in your uh, piano class at Kettering, and he said you were making all of the music yourself, which is pretty unique. What first got you into music, and more specifically, piano?
8: Um, so, firstly, thank you for having me on the show, and what started me off was being surrounded by all different types of music from a young age, from old school rock to hip hop, R and B from grandparents, parents, uncles, aunties, you can if you can think of it, you can name it. Um and what specifically got me into like piano playing was my church choir choir that I attended as a child. I would always hear the one person on the piano playing all sorts of different masterpieces that kind of just like grabbed my attention, and then from there, my curiosity just grew.
0: All right, can you talk a little bit about how you create your your own music and who your influencers are?
8: Um, so the way that I create my own music is like I do a little bit of research on different um, websites that have. Of what's the word I'm looking for platforms that I can create these beats with so one of them that I use is right on my phone, it's downloadable for iOS is called GarageBand basically it started off there me sampling stuff from songs that I've heard and creating other stuff based off of that and what really got me into creating my own stuff Like, this would be DJ Khaled. Um, He is also a DJ and producer. And Kanye West, who back in his old days, actually sampled songs and made his own beats too, which kind of got me into, you know, all this.
0: All right, what is it that you enjoy about music?
8: Um, It helps me get my creative side out and express myself in like a meaningful way. To me and not only just to me but to other students who have a creative side but are scared to like bring it out for everyone else to see so i'm kind of like a influence that you have a creative side you can get it out of there and let this be heard to everyone else around you
0: all right thank you so much Jalen, for being on the show uh in fact for our listeners uh We're going to use Jalen's composition as the closing music for this podcast. So when you all hear the music, come in at the end. Please know that it was composed by one of our very own students, by Jalen. Jason, if you're a parent and wanna find out more about the art programming we offer at Waterford, how can you do
5: so? Well, I think a a great way, number one, is to reach out to any of the arts educators uh, through email in the district. Um, and you can find all of our um, email addresses if you don't know what they are um, right on uh, waterford's school district's website which is uh, waterford.k12.mi.us uh, or you can even phone uh any of the of the buildings and ask to uh, be connected to to the teachers somehow and they they will make sure that we we get in contact with you
0: all right thank you jason Scott, what do you think about this discussion? We had Jason and Corey really leading the charge as teachers in these fields. And we have two wonderful students here, Bella and Jalen. And I know they're just two of the many very talented students we have in the district. How important is it to have music and theater in our schools?
1: Well, you know, I think about uh, years ago, we had black and white television, and now we have color. And I'm going back many decades. But music and the arts bring color to life. And so, you know, listening to Jalen and Bellin uh, today just reminds me that that color and that excitement and that uh, vibrant um, experience that it brings our students. And so uh, this board and this community and this district is committed to a AAA district where we are uh, always having opportunities in academics, athletics, and the arts. And, and we find that students are engaged and connected And as we find with with our students today, they have futures beyond high school. We're preparing kids for what those futures may hold. And certainly, Bella and Jalen have shown that they hold a lot of promise for the future in the arts.
0: Yep. Thank you for the insight, Scott. And thank you to all of our guests for being here today. We will continue to highlight our music, theater, and art programs in future episodes for sure. This podcast was brought to you by Waterford School District's Department of School and Community Services and is produced by media production coordinator Jane Kelly. I am the host of this podcast, Sarah Davis, and you can find all episodes of WSD Voice on our website at waterford.k12.mi.us, or like I mentioned earlier, you can tune in to 89.5 WAHS or Radio Central Multicultural. We so appreciate you listening today and encourage you to continue to tune in to future episodes of WSD Voice as we discuss topics geared toward inspiring, educating, and empowering our students, staff, alumni, and community to thrive.